Royce and all, welcome back to the Fearless in Devotion podcast, uh, sponsored by the Fat Boar Bar and Restaurant, of course. Andy, you're a big fan of the Fat Boar, aren't you? Well, you always come to me. Why do you always come to me for this? I'm the, I'm the one person who doesn't live in Wrexham, um, <laughs> so doesn't get to sample the Fat Boar's delights as much uh, as the other two, but you always come to me. Liam, um, what's, love what's, it. Your, what's your, fa- what, your favourite thing about the Fat Boar? Uh, the burgers they have um and, okay uh, i asked liam mate you've just been complaining <laughs> and then you butt in all right anyway who cares go, Did you go, ask liam oh sorry go, oh, sorry, go to the fat ball liam don't worry another week another solid victory for the reds uh probably not as comfortable as most of us predicted last week uh largely due to an early red card but a hard-earned three points liam yeah it looked like it was going to be quite a breeze when we got that first goal Bento's a throw in uh, lands nicely at Elliot Lee's feet for two two attempts and goes in I think oh yeah we're in for quite a comfortable afternoon first Evans yellow card pretty needless uh, and then just has a complete brain fart and oh the next well we had I think we basically panicked after that we was you know weren't playing smart with 10 men Kept lumping the ball for the remainder of the half. Um, a lot better second half. Stroke of fortune with the goal. Um, but I think they didn't really... They, they had some decent players, but they weren't really effective um, with the ball Colchester. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them go down at the end of the season just because they didn't look like taking many of their chances. They did finally get one late on just to make it a bit dramatic. But I thought overall, given we had 10 men, we were good value for the win. Yeah. Uh, another goal for Elliot Lee you mentioned there, Liam. Um, Tim, he obviously remains our top scorer. That's 12 goals this season now. He's uh, he's turning into, um, well, he's always been key, isn't he? But, you know, even more so with the goals this season. Yeah, he's having that um, season that Jordan Davis had a couple of years ago where it was just free scoring and it's just, just great to watch. And, you know, 12 goals with, a, I think he had a bit of a lull as well as a bit of a run where he mm. didn't score, but... Just crucial, isn't it? If 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 Mullins not there to score slightly off the game or at mark, you've got Lee to just step up and the predatory predatory instincts were amazing because obviously the first shot was blocked and he's just straight at it, lashes out a boot, beats the keeper. I mean, I keep saying it, but there's nobody near him for player of the season even now. I, I just don't I don't see it. I think it was obvious after the first couple of months. Um, and barring God God forbid any injuries, barring anything like that. Yeah, just just far and away one of the best midfielders we've had for fifteen years. That's great to see you on fire, uh, Andy. Another one of our midfielders slash defender, George Evans. Uh, not uh, not a great. What did you make of the red card? Was he playing at? Um, <laughs> you know, we, I had a couple of feelings during this game. I, I went up for it um, as soon as he made the first rash challenge, I thought, hang on, something's up with him today. And I just had a feeling he he, he, w- he would go. I didn't think he'd go straight red, and I didn't think he'd go so early. But I thought, you know, around about 17 minutes, he might make something, do something rash again. I mean, I, I don't think he's a Steve Evans, someone who just likes to have Christmas off. Um, but I, I do think it was an in- incredibly stupid thing to do. And I can't really work out what is going through his, his head there. Um, we were lucky that Colchester was shit, basically, because otherwise they would they would have given us a bit of a tonking. But they had no zero cutting edge up front. And we were relatively comfortable, even with 10. 
Speaking of Steve Evans, do you remember that red card in the FAW Trophy game down in Genesee? Who remembers that? Down in Clenethy? Yeah, we, we had him in this. It was that season. I think it was when we got relegated. Oh, never mind. But contact us if you remember that game because it's seared onto my memory because I went. Uh, I think I'm pretty sure we were 1 0 up and he got sent off and gave away a penalty in like the 92nd minute. They equalized and then they beat us an extra time. And it would have been like our only win in like four months. Um, there you go. I remember going down south the FA Premier when I was covering the the team for for the Daily Post, mm-hmm. and I was trying all week to like phone Can- uh, Carmarthen to get a, a press pass. No one was no one was there, and then I got hold of someone. He said, "Just go to the gate, and it will be fine. Just say the press." So I went to the gate and said, "Hi, uh, can I come in and cover the game for the press, please?" He goes, "How do I know your press?" I went, "Oh well, I have phoned and I've got a press card." He goes, "Have you got a pen?" I went, "Yeah, I've got a pen." Here. He goes, "Go on then, get in." <laughs> well. You know, just the moral of that story is always carry a pen. Always, always carry a pen and command and shit. That's that's, yeah. that's a that's a good motto for life. To be fair, um, right. Anyway, that that win on the weekend leaves us third in the table, six points behind Stockport, who it's fair to say are on fire. Eight 0 win against Sutton. Uh, we have a game in hand, though. Are we all pretty happy with where we are? Yeah, I'd say so. It's looking good, and it's but you look at yeah. it's a bit unfair, I suppose, to to kind of laugh at Notts County's. <laughs> Short term demise was it a last six at the last day or something? But um, you know we, we're, we've got a good buffer on then now. You want to be top three, so we're in the top three. Am I? If I can attempt fate here, are we looking at a Wrexham Stockport race for the top again? Dare I say it? Yeah, yeah yes. I think we are. Yeah, I think we are. Uh, yeah. it's a rivalry that they'll probably like to renew, but I'm not really that bothered. I've got enough people to hate. I don't want to add Stockport to it as well. Um, so I, I think we're the two best squads. And I think as the, as the season goes on, it will become more of a squad game. And the mm. likes of Barrow are overachieving. But you think that once they start losing players to, to injury and suspension, they probably won't be able to keep it up. I think it's between us and, and, and Stockport, really. Speaking, um, of, speaking of a squad game, though, Evan's now out for three games. Um, that's going to be a big test of the squad, right? Because we've got three, you know, Christmas period... Was it Newport, then Swindon and Warsaw away? Um, be very interesting to see how we get on. Mm. Luke Young, Luke Young, yeah. Did you see the um, the clip of yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we put it we put it on the on the Twitter X in brackets um, earlier on because I, I I wasn't at the game today, so I watched the highlights back. And um, yeah, Evans going down the tunnel. Obviously, Luke Luke, Luke Young is is there in the sort of family and friends bit with his missus, his kids, and it's just the sort of turn, the slow head turn, and sort of death stare. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if that's telling, but I mean it's probably unlikely. But um, yeah, a lot of people still say Luke Young isn't good enough for the squad. I'm, he's, yeah, he's still he's still. Good player, isn't he? Really, very good so, player. He's got a part to play definitely in the squad now. So hopefully, see him come in. I'm looking um, forward to it. Can I just talk about James McLean because I I didn't think he had a great first half, and mm. uh, he was my pick to be substituted because I knew they had to do something. Um, Liam, you saw him closer up in the second half. He did really well, didn't he? Yeah, it was weird. It was oddly as though the. Yellow card seemed to spur him on. When when he got it, I was like, "Oh Christ, we're potentially going down to nine here." Because he was 
getting run ragged by what was the their winger called? Forty-two. Yeah, he was. Quite, yeah, he, was he was quite. He was. Oh, that was it. February because it it's French for February, I think. Um, but yeah, he kept uh, kept tearing him down that that side, and I thought, oh, here we go, going to go down to to nine men, but actually recovered really well. Really good engine on him, and he it was sort of exactly what we needed with ten men. You know, someone like him to carry the ball up the pitch smart into play with the players around him um not wasteful of the ball at all so yeah i was really impressed with him how big off. is um james mclean's engine liam <laughs> two liter two points yeah well that's Beast paul thing. rutherford isn't it <laughs> yeah um, it's the not it's the not safe for work episode i mean it's almost like parky had to sit mclean down and remind him that he's a very experienced international with 100 caps and he shouldn't let some piss ass winger from Colchester get the better of him uh, and he absolutely made the winger go the other way in the second half and Liam's right I mean that guy's fitness levels are obscene for his age because he was herring down the wing after playing with 10 men uh, you know 80, 80, 85 minutes gone I was really impressed with that yeah. I was but you know it doesn't doesn't stop me from thinking that he did have a really poor first half so but good <laughs> Good to see him react. I'm interested to see how he gets on over the Christmas period. Um, women, the women once again um, won against Britain Ferry, who they played last week, but this time it was in the trophy, the Gennaro Adran trophy. Um, 4-0, Cara Jones scored twice, uh, as well as um, TJ Dickens and Ava Suckley's late goal. They'll now face Cardiff City in the quarterfinals in January. So... Just good news on all fronts on the pitch, isn't it, really? Um, and the women going great guns in the league and the cap, Tim. Indeed, yeah. I mean, you know, it's more of a surprise if we come on and talk when they lose because that's more of a rarity, isn't it? So it's, it's just testament because I think it was nil-nil at half-time. So they steamrolled yeah. the second half. So whatever Steve Dale said at half-time certainly had the desired effect. So, yeah, you know, they're going from strength to strength. Cardiff's the litmus test from really. That's, mm. that's the one they've, they've lost out to so far. So they're the ones to try and aspire to an overhaul. Yeah. If they want to be the dominant force in that division. And sometimes a cup game is really good for that because it's yeah. less pressure, and you just go there and try and make a statement. And often, then you can, if you if you can get a win, make you know lay a marker down, you can you can carry that form on into the league. So um, hopefully they can do that in January. Right. Uh, next on the agenda, I have here uh, Tim's book of a conquer offering. <laughs> Um, just what, 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 yeah. Look at yeah, you. Fuck. I, I had a text this week and I said, um, my kid loves the songs you're doing. I said, this man does the best Christmas songs ever. So, you know what? I've made a child's Christmas. What have you done? That's okay. all I'm saying. All right. So, right. There's got to be a bit of context to this. So I'll have to play the build up. Obviously. You'll recognize it, yeah? I'm with it. So I get to it, obviously. <laughs> I didn't want to just go into the chorus. Liam's decided to dress up as uh, as Joseph Mary and the Baby Jesus for, for our YouTube viewers. Uh, this is actually my favourite um, Christmas song. This is probably going to ruin it for you in about three seconds. Put a lot of thought into this one. Here we go. Well, I wish we play a conquo. Every game, 
when the cops start singing and the lads begin to play. Oh, I'd wish we play a conquo every game. So get the check book out, sign Arthur. Good finish. Ah, good finish. And the syllables. Finishing. The syllables fitted better this week. Um, Liam, what were your thoughts? Uh, I, d- I didn't hear anything. Had a pillow on my head, which, <laughs> as you well know, drowns out all sound. Uh, now, t- taken aback, astonished, uh, shell shocked. Every time I think he can't come up with another song, he 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 brings another to the table. I hadn't even realised it was it was going to be a weekly segment. Yeah, my other non-festive one that I come up in recent times. Remember Snap? I got the power. Yeah. Well, you know what it is. That's that one. It. So instead of I got the power, I thought of Congo. Beautiful. Oh, and on wow. that bombshell, it's time to. Why am I in this room with such a bunch of miserable no, bastards? It, it, come it is on, Tim. It's time, it's time to introduce our special guest this week, though, to discuss next week's big game. I hope he comes in with a song. It would make my day. <laughs> Rob, how's your singing voice? Oh, listen, young hearts running free never sound so good as when I sing it in karaoke. Oh, mine, mine is you ain't seen nothing yet, um, and, and they hadn't. <laughs> uh, let's just introduce, we got Rob Phillips from uh, BBC Wales, uh, the voice of, well, the voice of football in this country, many Absolutely. would say, um, yeah. who covers uh, covers a lot of Wrexham, does a lot of uh, Swansea, Cardiff and even Newport, uh, and obviously the Welsh national team as well. So thanks very much for, for joining us, Rob. No, pleasure, pleasure. And I'm um, really looking forward to next week. I have to say, you know, are you a Newport fan? Do do uh, do you know your curls on the mask who you support? Uh, no, I don't because I am totally impartial in these things. But um, <laughs> listen, those who know know that I grew up on the terraces at Southern Park. Right. So um, uh, there's no point in me trying to hide that. Uh, I was covering the Newport when I was on the South Wales Argus. Um, or years and years ago, actually moved just before they went through. But I was at the meeting where they started again, you know, where the fans got it going again. Uh, the late great David Hando uh, and those sort of people. And I've got to say, the most difficult, one of the most difficult commentaries of my life was the Newport Wrexham playoff final uh, in the conference because, um, you know, uh, I know a lot of Newport people. It was quite emotional for people like my dad, you know, who is uh, who who uh, it was always been a Newport fan. Um, but then on the other hand, you know, Gary Parry, we always call him the nicest man in football. Um, he was a major figure at Wrexham at the time. We all got on great with him, and it was a it was one of the few times where I've I'd actually prepared the last few words for whatever happened. Because I I felt really sure that I had to get it absolutely spot on and both sides of the coin. So it was a really uh, that was a, one of the most stressful commentaries I've ever done. I have to say that that was a well, uh, well Rob. I was going to say it's testament to you as well that people don't really know who you support. I think in terms of that, I think you do a great job without too 
blowing too much smoke up your ass. Um, you, is, is that is that a big challenge? Uh, you know, not be, you know being seen as too partial because I see the uh, some of your colleagues get 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 dogs abuse from from certain uh, certain supporters uh, judging on who they support. Yeah, well, I've been called a jack. I've been called a bluebird um, because I covered Cardiff for so long on the the, the South Wales Echo. Um, I uh, I go to Newport sometimes, and because Wrexham did so well last season, there's a group of fans in sit in front of the comedy box think I'm a died in the wall Wrexham fan. Um, so I feel well, if everybody's having a go at me, I must be doing okay. <laughs> uh, so it's it's one of those. Listen, you can't hide your roots, can you? So um, it's not something I make a big uh, show of, a big play of. But uh, as I say, I always say. Somebody asked me on air actually when I was sitting in for Win Evans, who do you support? And I just said, those who know know, and uh, we get on with it. So uh, and it, it's not a cliche to say that. Let's be honest about it. The job I do covering four clubs and the Wales national team, you know, it's much easier, and you'll know this. Um, it's much easier if the teams are doing well. It's far easier to cover. Uh, and so, and likewise, Wales. I mean, I feel, so, I, I always say I've got the best job in the world because I've had Wales covering Wales, commentating on Wales through an absolute golden generation. I like halcyon days of Welsh football um, for the last 10, 12 years. And I've been really fortunate. And I count my blessings all the time that, the biggest moments in Welsh football, I, I'm usually there, um, whether that's at club or or country level. There was a time at one stage when I first joined the Beeb, I was going to Wembley virtually every year. You know, League Cup finals, two two of those, I think it was, playoff finals, uh, conference final. Um, so it's it's been an extraordinary time and uh, long may it continue. And all fall back in the league now as well, which is great. Um, obviously for us and for and for Newport as well. Ten years ago, yeah. we didn't didn't feel it at the time. Um, on that massive game on Saturday, um, you know what what are your sort of standout memories from Rex and Newport games that you've covered over the last sort of 10, 20 years? Well, the playoff final. Um, I won't keep harping on about, it, but I've got quite a good story about that because. Um, as you recall, I mean, it's dim and distant now, but as you recall, sort of um, Hidderminster uh, were hanging around in the playoffs, weren't they, waiting for the end of the season. Newport had a few games to catch up on, and they played a Thursday night game. And I was talking um, to Justin Edinburgh, the, the manager, who I got on particularly well with, and I, he said to me, oh, which of the semi-finals are you doing? I said, I'm doing Wrexham Kitty. Uh, I said... Uh, I said, I won't be at yours, but hopefully see you in the final. And he said, um, he said, Wrexham will win that. He said, high scoring. He said, there'll be plenty of goals. There won't be many goals in our game against Grimsby, he said. But Wrexham will win that. We'll play Wrexham in the final. And he said, uh, he said, I I'll never forget. <laughs> he said, they'll have all the ball. But he said, I think our strikers will win it for us. And I saw him after the game and I said, before you leave on the bus tonight, make sure you do the lottery because you nailed it. <laughs> and he knew what I was talking about. It was just a chat we had in the kitchen at Rodney Parade um, off, off air. But I tell the story all the time. It was extraordinary. And that, that is exactly what happened, wasn't it? It was, 
Jolly and Aaron O'Connor, uh, Christian Jolly Aaron O'Connor, when Wrexham absolutely dominated um, and probably should have won that game, frankly. But that's that's the course of history. And likewise, the FA Cup game. Let's face it, I can't quite work out now how Wrexham didn't win the FA Cup game. Yeah. The goalless draw at the race course. But then I missed our Christmas party to do the replay <laughs> at, uh, in Newport. And that was a totally... Obviously, Luke Young got sent off. And um, and it was the year when Newport did really well. That sort of uh, had some headline-grabbing wins. So they're the games that, that uh, stand out. Um, and I think there's a real rivalry now. I think it's it's partly, and you'll you'll get this. Um, it, it's partly that look what's happened to Wrexham, the Hollywood stars. You know, you know how some other clubs feel. Um, but I think there's there's always been a little bit between the two clubs. Right? I, I think even at sort of direct level, I don't think it was great with the two FA Cup games. I don't think they were exactly bosom pals. It certainly wasn't. Uh, it was certainly heated on the pitch, wasn't it? Um, particularly in Newport uh, on the Tuesday night. So I think there's a proper rivalry now, and uh, I'm sure Wrexham are looking forward to it. And I, I, I know particularly well Newport are looking forward to it. Rob, just just going on on that um, playoff game. Do, do you, does it feel like Newport are partially responsible for? The Hollywood takeover happening because I always consider it as this sliding doors moment. Because if Brett Ormrod scores, Jolly misses, Wrexham go up instead of Newport, does that takeover then happen? Let's just say, for all intents and purposes, Wrexham go up and stay up and they don't come back down. So I always kind of think, well, maybe I feel they've done the track, they did us a little bit of a favor. So I try and look yeah, at that. Yeah, I, I mean, you cannot argue with the recent history, can you? It's been extraordinary, it's been astonishing to cover. Um, the promotion night last season, uh, Molly Stevens and I were up there. And she'll never forget it. She picked it out as a highlight. Mind you, she did speak to Ryan and Rob after the game. So that was, that was why it was such a highlight. But it, it was just, it's just been a phenomenal story. And I, and I say to people, um, we cynical hacks always look for flaws. Nothing can really be perfect. But I have to say, I can't see too many flaws in this takeover at Wrexham. It's just, it, it's just grabbed global attention. Um, you know, I was in, I was interviewing the Austrian goalkeeper Daniel Bachmann, who had a loan spell at Wrexham years yeah. ago. I'm sure you all remember. And we we were doing it on Zoom before the Wales Austria World Cup playoff semi final. And uh, I said, "Oh, what, what do you remember Wrexham?" He said, "Oh, they're my second favorite team." And, you know, he just loved what had happened there. And this is a guy, I forget when he was at Wrexham. He wasn't, well, he wasn't there too long, was he? But, oh, no, see, we all we all like Wrexham now. Um, so, yeah, you could be right, actually. I never really thought about it that way. Um, I I do know that, that I think Newport really would have struggled had they not gone up. And likewise, when they avoided relegation on the last day, uh, thanks to the Mark O'Brien goal, I'm convinced that had they gone out that season, I'm not sure they would have ever got back. I think it, it was that. I mean, you know, I never thought when Wrexham went down in 2008, I never thought it would be 15 years. I kept saying it in commentary. Whoever would have thought it would be 15 years 
But actually, if Newport had gone out, I'm not sure they would have come back full stop. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, been a long time down there. But I mean, in terms of going back to, to what you said about the rivalry, um, you know, there's there's no question that, that Cardiff Swansea remains the most heated of all the kind of Welsh matchups. And some people yeah. have said, well, is Wrexham Newport a derby? Well, yes, because if you go back to when Wrexham played for Cardiff, it would be the North versus South Wales derby. So this yeah. can be applied to, to the same thing. So do you think that the, I mean, the rivalry has always been there? But I think because we've crossed over a couple of times in the National League, then they obviously pipped us to, to, to the promotion that year. Then they got one over us in the, in the FA Cup. That it's just kind of like been bubbling on the surface, and now we finally get to meet in the league again. You know, it's been a long, long time coming. I think it has. Yeah, I, I do think it's bubbled underneath. Let's be honest about it. There's a bit of jealousy all around, not just at Newport, but uh, at all the league too, and the conference clubs. I mean, you're aware of it. I, I remember speaking to, going up to Gateshead last season. Uh, it was a freezing cold. I think it was January or February. And Rexa went top of the league. And uh, I said to Phil Parkinson, I was about to say to him, we were on the pitch doing a post-match interview. And I said, well, you've got a target on your back now. And then I looked at him and I said, actually, that's a stupid thing for me to say, isn't it? Because you've had a target on your back ever since Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney walked into the club. And that that's that's the way it is. So I think there will always be a, a, a sort of yearning to to knock Wrexham off their perch. You get it every game. Uh, it's one of the great triumphs of Phil Parkinson as a manager that he copes with it and Wrexham keep winning. And it'll be no different for Newport. I know that they're, they're taking up their, their sort of full allocation to come up. It's uh, It's been a long time since there's been a derby game. And so, yeah, I think it has uh, a lot because of Wrexham's fame now and as a call it global appeal but I really do think there there is a it will be a bitter derby next Saturday um can we just go back in on on, on the jealousy bit because but I just wonder how you think it's developed really because when when it first happened I think everyone maybe in in South Wales as well was quite pleased about the, the takeover for well it's good that Wrexham have, have got something it's almost like patting us on the head a little bit going oh, oh well done do you think that that's changed over the last sort of 18 months with the amount of media exposure Rexma getting uh, as opposed to the likes of even Cardiff and Swansea. And do you think that's switched a bit now for, for even the bigger clubs? Like, I think like you've Swansea? nailed it that with yeah. the media coverage. I think mm. that's what uh, can fuel a bit of jealousy. Um, but from the media point of view, it makes perfect sense because every time you do a story on Rexham, it, it flies uh, you know, you there's well, something that's the, that's the problem, isn't it? Because Ryan Reynolds puts his bins out and it's on mail online, and then there'll be some connection to Wrexham somehow, and then people are like, Oh, Wrexham in the news again, and it's like, oh. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, you, you you know, you know the score when it comes to sort of hits online or whatever. If you mention Ryan Reynolds or Rob McElhenney in your intro, you know, it's going to go you know far beyond the borders of Wales and the UK, the appeal will go beyond the UK. So it's a phenomenon that we've not really experienced too much of like this before. It's it's different to any other takeover I can think of, to be honest, uh, and certainly from a club at that level. So 
I do think the media coverage is definitely sort of, as I would say, fueling the whatever jealousy there is. But also, it's it's a Welsh thing as well, isn't it? In that uh, you know, it's South Wales against North Wales. It's got all the ingredients. It's not Cardiff Swansea because they're on their doorsteps uh, of each other. Um, but it's you know, I don't see anything wrong with a bit of rivalry. I think that's all good for the game. T- tables have turned and flipped a little bit as well, haven't they? Because I, yeah. I suppose when I'm when I'm the mo- at my most charitable, I kind of, um, you know, think back to ten years ago, and I do, I do kind of remember. I, I remember what it was like then, and we were the plucky fan zone club, getting done by Newport, who had you know a guy with Euro millions, and we resented it, and we would you know, and so it's it's just kind of reversed a little bit, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly, uh, and some <laughs> with the amount of money. I mean, less cabin blessing. Yeah. Didn't have the uh, didn't have the, the the money that Ryan Reynolds or Rob Henny has. Um, yeah, I did have for Christian Jolly though, and that's all that mattered. That's but he did, <laughs> but he did pay for Christian Jolly, and you, you know the story. Uh, Justin Edinburgh went over to Les Gaddins' house to play snooker to try and convince him to sign this player, and uh, after a few beers, I think uh, it was done and dusted. So. Um, <laughs> You couldn't make it up, really, could you? It's one of those things. Yeah, I. I it's gonna. It's all gonna add to the fun of the fair next next week. Um, let's be honest about it. Playing resources, uh, it should be one sided. But I will say, a few weeks ago, I went to watch Newport play Stockport, and they they absolutely battered them. To be honest, Stockport had all the ball, but they dominated the. You know, Newport had had the game plan to to see them off. And it, it's going to be interesting because uh, Newport pull off the odd stupid result, have done this season. And they've got a really good manager. You know, I keep saying that. I think the uh, Phil Parkinson is proved four promotions, uh, what he does at Rex and the way he copes with the environment there. I think he's just done an unbelievable job. And in his own quiet way, Graham Coughlin has done much uh, nothing on the same scale, but he pulled Newport back from the brink last season, and he he's he gets every ounce of every player. That's all right, I would say about Coughlin. He gets everything out of every play he's got there. They may not be the best squad in League Two; they're clearly not, but they don't lack for anything as far as effort and endeavour, and they've got a bit about them as well. Rob, you just mentioned um, Phil Parkinson there. Do you think he yeah. gets? the credit that he deserves because people look to his budget and they say, well, you know, he should be doing well, but it strikes me that he deserves a bit more credit than that, really. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, what I would say is this, that there are some managers who wouldn't have the personality to cope with the background music, you know, the the off-field stuff, the, the cameras all the time. There are some managers who just wouldn't be able to deal with that. He does it. Now, we've seen from the Wrexham docks, you know, his persona outside is, is um, very affable. Uh, we know he can turn inside a dressing room. That was the, the thing that struck me about the first series more than anything. How he used to rant in the dressing room on times. Maybe I should have been aware of that because uh, I know what, been around football long enough to know that managers have got that side about them. But no, I really do think, you know, Every every other manager would love to be in his position to have those resources, but they will also say it's not quite as easy as is made out. You know, just because you got money 
doesn't guarantee you success. That's Maurizio Pochettino at the moment. Yeah, certainly. Um, you picked up on the documentary there. We're forever having debates on this podcast. I mean, I think overall we're big fans, but there's maybe individual elements we're not sure of. What What are your views from a media perspective? I haven't seen any of the second one yet. I saw most of the first one. Um, oh, it was a, you know, it's had critical acclaim. I'm no expert on these sort of things. I don't get much time to watch even football docs like that. I did get halfway through the one on Atletico Madrid when they won La Liga a few seasons ago in the Simeone. Um, but it, it's, so I watched, I think, five or six of the first series of the Wrexham doc. I actually thought in the first series, the stuff about Wales and Welsh cakes and all that, I thought that was the most entertaining. Well, I will say it is warts and all. I will say that. It is warts and all. And that's, that's to be uh, a credit. And one of the most surreal things that happened to me is um, I was actually at uh, Maidenhead when they turned up for the first time, little knowing what was going to happen that night. Uh, there was a rumour going on about half hour before kickoff, they're going to be here. And uh, then you see, obviously, uh, it was an evening kickoff. And then you see the lights appear and they're, they're snaking through the stand to a section which we can't get to the media. And then, of course, they're gone by the end, uh, before the end of the the the, the uh, final whistle, before we could even get over there to even try and grab a word. But I'm talking to Phil Parkinson afterwards in a little huddle, and they're filming it. Didn't think any more of it. And then a few months later, I get a call from America saying, um, do you happen to have the audio of that interview you did with Parkinson on the on the pitch? And I said, well, I can look through my phone, see if I've got it. What date was it? And they said, uh, October something, I think it was. And uh, I threw them over the, the uh, audio because they didn't actually, uh, their microphone had broken down on the night or something. Uh, usually <laughs> something that happens to me. So uh, Critical acclaim, uh, but dodgy kit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know about that, don't we, Reese? Rob Phillips, saviour of the documentary. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. Just going back to Newport taking their full allegation, uh, allocation, I mean, it's 23rd, it's a Friday before Christmas, it's a long bloody way. That surprises me a little bit, but on the other hand, it doesn't. Now, what you're going back about saying the, the interest in Wrexham, now I work for, for a national paper, and yeah. I would say Wrexham are our fourth biggest team now, after Liverpool, United, um, you know, maybe maybe Chelsea or one of the others, then, then it's Liverpool. Uh, sorry, then it's Wrexham. So, you know, on one hand, people are sort of getting pissed off with the amount of coverage that they're getting. But every time we go somewhere, there's a record crowd. Yeah. You know, Colchester, which is, as you know, is, you know, halfway across, across well, most of the way across the country, that they brought 650 yeah. there yesterday. Uh, you know, it, it is sort of strange how people hate it with one hand, but, but can't get enough of it in the other and have to be there and, and see it. Yeah, bit. yeah. There's um, they, oh, they are interested because every other club would want to be Wrexham. Let's face mm. it, every every fan of every other club would want to suddenly have. I mean, you've seen the advert, haven't you? Uh, where uh, they, there's a football fan saying, "Oh, we don't need the, uh, you know, we're we're fans. We 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 all we are uh, a club proud of our fans." And then the 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 guy bursts in and says, "Um, there's a." 
billionaire about to take over and they start the song about, you know, um, forget the FFP, the title race is on, sort of thing. So, yeah, it's it's partly, I mean, I think partly, they never know. if they, I mean, I was at Swansea on Saturday and there was word coming around from Wrexham that Taylor Swift might be there. <laughs> well, even we were talking about it. Uh, <laughs> which is extraordinary, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, I I think people go there. A, wanted to see what it's all about, really. And, and B, just in case they spot a film star. You know, I was, I was talking to Elliot Lee in the summer. We did an interview with Elliot Lee. And even that interview went huge on the BBC Sport website. But he just casually drops in. Oh, I was having physio and Will Ferrell walked in. I mean, you can't make these things up, can you? Um, oh, I missed the call. It was Ryan. Uh, it's just totally new, just totally different. Yeah. It's like it's it's a it's a takeover that uh, it's just such a a weird sort of circumstance of takeover, which I think will be hard to replicate in uh, again at this level. I mean, well, what I will say, Andy, is, is this: that the the night it happened, um, I I sort of messaged Gemma Owen, yeah, and said, um. Yeah, you know, what about this sort of thing? Because the, the, the statement came out, or oh, maybe the following night, about everything they were going to do. And she said to me, well, the first thing they've done is put 50 grand into the community and uh, on all that side of it. And you're thinking, wow, what is there to pick holes in here? Uh, it, it's just extraordinary what, what's happened there. So that leads me to, to sort of my, my last question with Rand over to the other guys. How far do you think Wrexham can go? Now, I know they, they keep saying, well, we're looking at the Premier League, why wouldn't we? And, you know, some of us sort of are buying into that, but a bit more football realists are thinking, you know, is our natural place top of League League One or maybe maybe a couple of seasons in your championship? But where do you think we can go with, with half a country behind us? Well, I think it'll be a surprise if Wrexham don't get promoted this season. And then in League One, I haven't seen League One football for years, thank goodness. Um, but I, what I think is this, that they will know when they can no longer do what is required, I think. But what they do have is access to more financial muscle. And so whether Ryan and Rob are there at the time, if they're in the championship, Wrexham in the championship and pushing for the Premier League, whether that's outside of what they thought about putting in, I don't know. But they will have contacts and access to the resources which you need. Because the championship, even now, you know, there is, there is some big money in the championship. It's because they're all trying to get to that dream world of the Premier League where the money really does open up now where, where it, it, it's it's worth so much it's the promised land isn't it so if they could i think it, it's i never say well you should you should continue sort of gradually you know, you want success as soon as you can i i've never thought about being gradual in in uh you know if you can do what tosh did with swansea and take go up four divisions uh and hopefully have the resources to stay there um, that's what you've got to do. 
So I don't see that there's a, a limit particularly, but I do think the owners will know when it's out of their ballpark. Back to the nitty-gritty, Rob, of Saturday's yeah. game. You talked about Newport when they beat Stockport a few weeks ago, uh, 2-1, outplayed them at Rodney Parade. Who who are the danger men? What what do you think Newport are going to try and do to to sort of disrupt Wrexham at the race course? Well, I don't know if you saw any of the Barnard FA Cup game on Tuesday, yeah. but they were particularly good on the break. Uh, their first goal was from inside their own half, winning the ball back three or four passes later. Uh, they'd scored. Their wing-backs get forward uh, really well, particularly McLaughlin, who's been quite eye-opening uh, in the last few months or so. And they've got a, they will play a front three, and they're not bad. Omar Bogle has been around at this level for a long time. Will Evans has been a revelation this season, 12 goals now. And Seb Palmer Holden just back from injury. So he knows you know, he's uh, on loan from Bristol City. He makes them work as well. I think their biggest problem this season has been they've had horrendous injury problems. Every club gets it, but they've had it particularly bad. But they're starting to come back now. So they've got energy in midfield. They, uh, they're useful going forward, although they're not not always as clinical as they, they should be. And it's a question whether they can hold out against Elliot Lee, Paul Mullin, Ollie Palmer whatever side uh, Phil Parkinson puts out, I think. Rob, you mentioned Will Evans. Um, yeah. He's from San Gedwin, near Oswestry. Yeah. Street. Uh, so Wrexham could quite sort of happily claim them as, as his own. Do you reckon there's a, you know, he, he would fit in at Wrexham, maybe in, in, in League Two or in League One? His work rate is phenomenal. That's that's why he keeps scoring goals in that he just keeps getting there all the time. He just, uh, you know, he's tireless when he's running. He's had a few injury problems lately, so they will want him fit for that game. Uh, he doesn't always score tap-ins. He sometimes scores the harder goals, because mm. uh, I don't think he's what you would call a clinical finisher. But he has got 12 goals this season, so he's doing something right. Um, yeah, I mean, he's one of those where... Actually, more so than Wrexham in some ways. They they picked up players from the Cumbria Prem uh, because their budget dictates that. So, Priestley Farkerson came was there last season. The defender uh, went from Konoski Nomads. Uh, James Waite they signed from Pen uh, from Penabont. As Nathan Wood, the midfield player, they signed from Penabont. Oh, and of course, Will Evans came from Bala having really caught the eye with a couple of goals against England for Wales C. So um, he's dangerous, Will Evans, and he will keep testing you because he does keep running. He will keep getting into those positions, whether he's scoring or not. So you have to keep an, uh, an eye on him. It's going to be interesting, I think. Uh, and, of course, Ben Tozer against his old club as well. It's going to be a cracking atmosphere, I think. We're all uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, any any other business, gents, with Rob? Tim? Uh, Tim, there's uh, one important thing you need to ask him. Well, go on. I did have a question, but but go on. Are we talking about shit? Purple piece of a tyre. Oh, we're talking about shit purple jumper. Rob, I don't know if you're aware of um, the shit purple jumper fable, um, for want of a better word, that 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 has kind of sprouted up between Newport and Rex. I mean, are you aware of, of, of what I'm talking about? No. So, enlighten me. 
<laughs> many, many moons ago. I can't remember when it was now. I kind of want to say it was probably around 2011, 2012. Yeah, it was. It was about 2011. We won 4-0, I think. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, th- I remember it vividly because I think it was maybe a matter of days after Gary Speed had passed. I, I think it was around that time we played them. Um, and I'm not sure what happened, but the, the Newport fans were housed uh, in, in the in the sort of tech end, basically, where, where all the Wrexham fans are now. And Newport brought a smattering of fans. I can't remember how many. Uh, but there was one particularly animated um, fan, <laughs> kind of a portly gentleman, um, who had a, a absolutely horrific <laughs> purple jumper? It was bad. I mean, it was so bad. I, mean, I think it was quite. It was a dark. Was it a night game, Liam? But it was. It was. It was quite dark. He stood out in this loud, horrible purple jumper, complete world away from what the Amber Army would normally wear. Um, and he got loads of stick for it. And um, it was just the, the sort of chant that that piped that said, "You um, shit purple jumper. You got a shit purple jumper." And it it, it kind of went on from there. Um, and Richie runs the Myers Green is doing a shit purple jumper uh, party after the game on Saturday. So there you go. That's our little shit purple. Oh party. right. Well, are we all invited? Oh, actually, I'm doing the phone in after after the yeah, game. Yeah, so wear a purple jumper. Wear a purple jumper. <laughs> I'll t- no, it's not you. I mean, I do wear outlandish attire sometimes, but uh, a purple jumper is not part of my collection. <laughs> Um, speaking of purple jumpers, going into purple patches, that, that's a crap link, actually. Um, one thing I did want to ask you was, yeah. it might be a bit unfair to ask you, but uh, the whole thing with, with Paul Mullin for Wales, um, I kind of feel that that's maybe been and gone, um, whether whether the, the, the put, putting him on standby for the Gibraltar game. My my, uh, my very cynical friend, Kurt, from, from South Wales, branded it a publicity stunt. Um, some people would agree with that. Some people would think otherwise. <laughs> Would does does it automatically naturally help Paul Mullins' cause if Wrexham was to get promoted that he's playing yes. in a high division and then th- there's a greater look that if he starts performing in that division as well then maybe he gets a look in. Yes, um, I'll be honest. I've never been on the Paul Mullin for Wales bandwagon. Uh, not that I've got anything against Paul Mullin because I think he's he's absolutely you know he's been terrific for Wrexham. Um, and I understand the clamour after playing Sheffield United because I saw both of those games where he mucked around Premier League defenders or they're on their way to the Premier League then. Um, but I, I go back to what my good friend Nathan Blakeo says. It's about levels. And, um, you know, if last season, particularly when there was this, this call for Paul Mullin, uh, I think if you're Aaron Collins at Bristol Rovers having scored 15, 18 goals in League One, you're thinking, hang on a minute, he's conference and I'm League One, why don't I get a shout mm. in the World Squad? Um, and then you look at it now, Harry Wilson scored a few goals. Uh, Kiefer Moore's got a decent goal scoring record. I think he's still the highest scorer since he's come in. Even more goals than Gareth Bale uh, since he's come into the, the team. Um, and the way they play, you know, I, I think it's fairly settled now with Nathan Broadhead knocking on the door as well. Scored you, might look, you might look at Tom, yeah, uh, you might look at Tom Bradshaw and think, well, he's not particularly scoring goals this season, but he was in the championship last season. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know how serious uh, Rob Page was about bringing in Paul Mullin. I suspect if he was going to do it, it would have been last season. But 
Wrexham go up and he starts scoring in League One. I mean that that then he's going to have serious consideration. I would have thought because we're not blessed with with loads of players. Uh, so I I I mean last season I, I a bit cruelly in a way I suppose, but I I'd said well, uh, has anybody checked on the anti uh, the uh, the parentage of uh, what's his name, the guy at Notts County, uh, Macaulay Langstaff. Langstaff. Yeah, um, because he was scoring as you know quite a few goals as well, um, but nobody looked at that. Well, that's because he wasn't at Wrexham. Actually, I did have a look, and there's no Welsh in him. <laughs> <laughs> but the, you know, might, might be that then, Rob. <laughs> yeah, it might be that. Yeah, yeah. So. I understand it, and it's it's a great tale. And if Paul Mullen gets in, fine. And if he scores goals for Wales, nobody's complaining. Yeah. But I do think it's about levels at the moment. I think he's still a little bit down the pecking order. Yeah, I just think I think yeah, from from a Welsh perspective, and obviously following the national team as well. I think for me and a lot of the others, it's just Wrexham going to get back to a place where that that classical pro- production line that we had under Brian Flynn, where you produce these Welsh yeah. players, the Mark Jones and obviously Chris Llewellyn and, and Steve Evans back in the day, where we really were struggling for players. So to get that representation from Wrexham into the national team again, I would like to think that that will come in time. You know, next yeah, and likewise, I've never said you know just <laughs> just to uh, be make it painfully clear. I've never said Will Evans should be picked for Wales, and he's got twelve goals this season. So, um, yeah, I think I'm fairly straight down on, on this one. I'm pretty realistic. Yeah, no, that's fair. Fair well, point. Fair comment. Fair point. Well, Rob, um, let's. Shall we do predictions quickly, Andy? And Rob, we're going to keep you on if you've got time. Go on. Thank you very much, uh, Andy. Uh, ooh, right. I was. I was a. I was confident until yesterday's display and I, I just didn't think we played very well and we're going to lose one of our, our better players for the Christmas period. So I think it's going to be a really tough one. I think we can win, but it will be by the odd goal and it could even be a 1-0 of this. I think it would be a tight, nervy one. Um, I can't. I don't think I don't think we're going to run away with this one at all. All right, I'm going to come straight to Rob now. And uh, tell me what you think. Give us a prediction. I think if Wrexham get an early goal, that is a problem for Newport. Um, but if Newport stay in it, then I certainly think they can go there and get a draw. Um, whether they can win it, I don't know. Um, I also I always think with Wrexham, I, I don't know what you boys think of this, but I always think... Um, I felt it on the first day of the season, and actually Yeovil as well, when I was there a couple of weeks ago, that there's a brilliant atmosphere to start. And then almost when the first whistle goes, it's, right, come on in, let's have a goal. And and then if the goal comes early, then, you know, Wrexham are like, uh, the, the way I was describing it is they're like a pack of wolves. You know, they smell blood, and it could be anything then. Um but yeah, I, I I'm I'm just hoping it's it's going to sound really naff because I'm I'm sitting on the fence. But I just hope it's a really good game to commentate on, and I get loads of calls afterwards about controversial incidents. <laughs> well, I mean, after all, it's, you know, I'm paid for this, so I'm, I'm lucky. <laughs> Whatever happens, I get paid the same. 
All right, I think I think that means you're saying a draw, one all. I well, I really, I do find it hard to call. I'm not sitting on a fence. I do find right, it hard right. to call. We'll, we'll I mean, on. frankly, it should be Wrexham's win at home because mm. the amount of goals they score. But Newport do have a a big result in them. Yeah, All he's right. such a big Newport fan, isn't he? I can just see him there. <laughs> no, 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 no. Liam. Right down the line. <laughs> Liam, you next. Uh, similarly minded to Andy. I think it'd be tight. I think it'd be tense. Uh, ultimately, we'll come out 2-1 winners. Uh, Tim? Uh, <laughs> my, my my heart says I want like a 4 or 5 nil just to get over that that replay that Rob was on about because it was horrible. Luke Young's tackle was sort of character as well. Um I, I think I'm going to go 3-1. I'm going to go 3-1 for us. I think there will be an early goal. I think they'll equalise and then we'll we'll sort of break away second half and and and, and see it through. But I, th- I think Big Arthur might be back in goal as well. He's, he's been released from Arsenal. Yeah. He's, he's back up training. So if he's in a good spot, um, he he may well return and that will obviously be a massive boost as well. But yeah, I'm going to go for, for 3-1, electric, electric atmosphere. Rob, Rob will like this. Uh, I'm going to go two all, and I think he's going to be feisty, and I think there might be another red or something's going to happen because even though it's only Toza really who's got sort of Newport connections, as far as I'm aware, the rivalry should mean pretty much nothing to these group of players. But I think the atmosphere will be really good. You know, you love a vocal Newport fan base there. We will be up for it because we can all deny it, but we all really want to win on Saturday against Newport. So I think I think it will be a really good atmosphere from the off, and it could get tense. And I've got a horrible feeling it be two all because I'm coming probably. Yeah, Luke Young owes owes Newport. He does. <laughs> yeah, but please, just don't two foot him, Luke. Please. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, just lastly, before we go, um, Andy, your uh, Newport fans are known as the Amber Army. Your missus is called Amber. Um, you disowning her this weekend? Uh, she, she's not allowed any, near any Wrexham game at all. She is such bad luck. Um, oh, yeah, she still hasn't seen have, a win, has she? Well, she's been to six and she's only seen us win once. Well, my last girlfriend saw us win 11 out of 11 <laughs> games, which statistically is impossible. So, um, yeah, yeah, Amber can <laughs> off, basically. For, no, for... You get the beep button out again. All right, fine. Um, uh, thanks for that, Andy. And Rob, one last thing, actually, is we might, it's not confirmed yet, but the original talk was we're hopefully going to have the temporary cop stand up this weekend. How much of a difference does that make to the atmosphere there, do you think? You know, oh, sure, it's going to be massive. I mean, I'm anticipating, what, 12,000 that would well, that, make yeah, the capacity. That is fantastic. I, it's just, you know, every one of us wants to go to the race course these days because yeah. it's a good place to be. It's a great atmosphere to start. And... Uh, Saturday will be even better and it's just great to have the derby back there's nothing you know we build up big time to the Cardiff Swansea derby uh, for every you know for reasons which are pretty obvious but it's just great to have another derby back and uh, it's not long before the return is it Uh, the return is in January as well so uh, two two standout occasions uh, either side of Christmas or the New Year happy days bring it on Bring it on. Bring it on indeed. I think that's a sense that we can all get behind. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Rob, for joining us. We really appreciate Pleasure. it. Pleasure. Uh, and uh, remember, you can contact us in various ways, and sometimes we check it, and we always appreciate it, though. Uh, so thank you for listening, and goodbye. Take Cheers, care. Cheers. Cheers very much.